Hello. Hello. I am Themi. And I'm Emma. And we are starting a new podcast called Try Parenting. It's very exciting. Um, this is attempt number, don't know how many, <laughs> to try and actually get it to work. This time we've done a sound check because the first time we recorded an hour of amazing podcasting and the sound quality was so bad. We couldn't do anything with it, and so long ago now we can't remember what we said, so we're going to have to just start again. Yes, at least it means that it's all fresh, it's all new, because we can't remember what we said, <laughs> and we just had a nice chat in the end. <laughs> we did. Right, what's it all about? Try parenting. We're both triathletes, which we'll, we'll give a little bit more background in a moment, but we've both got families, and so juggling a pretty time-consuming sport with bringing up, raising children, is not an easy thing to do. So we thought we'd we'd share our experiences, our hints and tips and highs and lows and see how it goes, see if it's worth uh, listening to. Yeah, so we um, it originated from, well, we just ended up talking, not always moaning, but sharing the joys of parenting together before or after a swim session or a bike or a run and we actually thought the content might be quite nice to share with other people so here you are you lucky lucky audience <laughs> lucky listeners <laughs> why don't you go ahead and tell us a bit about yourself yes yeah, so i am emma i have a daughter who's two and a half now we're in the depth of terrible twos she is delightful. I do love her um, very much, but she does challenge me mostly when I've had a hard day's training. So <laughs> it makes it even more harder to deal with. I work part time. I work three days a week and that's a mixture of at home and in the office. So thank you, COVID, because when I had to go in the office every day, that was really hard fitting my training around it. I am a pro triathlete at the moment. However, my pro license expires at the end of June. Um, so that's something we can come back on to later. But I did manage to get it back after having my little girl. It's a bit complicated, the whole pro British pro license setup. Basically, I haven't managed to revalidate it yet. But that is one of the plans, one of my goals for the year. Bit of background. So I started triathlon... Oh, about what year are we in? 2022? About 2013. Had Didn't have any previous triathlon history. So I was about 25 or so. My mass awful and also my memory. <laughs> Especially when I'm tired. So I did like every sport under someone I was little. Loved horse riding, tennis. What else did I do? Basically anything I could get my hands on as a kid. Um, I loved being outside. But I only really concentrated on hockey at uni. And when I came back, and then that's when I started triathlon and then kind of got in the pool, could get to the end of the pool. <laughs> um, Realised I could run, obviously, because I did hockey. And I did a charity bike ride with work, hired a bike. Thought, well, I can still ride a bike. Um, why not try a sprint triathlon, which I did quite well in, and then got the bug. And as I say, the rest is history. I kind of just progressed from there there onwards. And then in 2017, I got my pro license for long distance triathlon. Had a baby in 2020. When was COVID? 2020. I actually got my daughter's birthday wrong the other day on, my, on her passport. 
<laughs> which is embarrassing parent fail um yeah i was applying for her first passport and actually officially wrote down the wrong birthday <laughs> brilliant so yeah then since then there's a whole new world of um juggling and mum guilt and trying to balance family time with working and making sure i like to do things properly so trying to do my job well trying to be a good mum trying to be a good triathlete it's hard it's a really hard (laughs) juggling act isn't it yeah my background was i ran at school cross country and then discovered mountain biking and absolutely fell in love with the sport raced competitively at national international level as a junior lived in shropshire lots of hills and that was my lots of accidents (laughs) survived but went to university and the mountain bike racing took a back seat and work now as an engineer. Quite a demanding job. When you were getting your pro licence, I heard about triathlon and fancied a new challenge. In fact, I've got two daughters, and talking about writing down the wrong age, when we recorded the first round of this, I actually took a year off my youngest daughter's um, <laughs> life, and she did hear it played back, and oh, she no. was absolutely <laughs> furious. The problem was, when we wrote some notes for this, I jotted down their ages but by the time we recorded it she'd had her birthday uh, that's my excuse and I'm sticking to it yeah that's a good one that is a <laughs> so good she's one. now definitely 11 and my <laughs> eldest daughter is now definitely 13 but actually turns 14 in just a couple of days just in case she hears this and thinks I've got it wrong again <laughs> caveat uh, so I when I had them and they were we're taking them to swim lessons every day since they were a baby I thought they're going to be better at me swimming pretty quickly. Ah, yes. I need to learn to swim. So I joined a triathlon club, as you do, signed up to a triathlon. I think it was signing up to a triathlon, then joining the club to uh, work out what to do in that order, and got the bug from there. So went from a complete, I can only do a length of crawl with heart rate in the red, to just about surviving um, a triathlon, and... Took it from there. It absolutely smashed the bike, though, I imagine. Smashed the bike. <laughs> couldn't run on the run. <laughs> totally overfueled on my first triathlon. Because I'd also done a lot of endurance mountain biking. And for that, you need to fuel well. And I ate like I, I was about to do an eight-hour oh, right. uh, event. <laughs> what and did that it involve? was a super sprint, which lasted about 40 minutes. Amazing. So by the time I got to the run, I felt sick. <laughs> a bit too much carb loading. And had never run off the bike. Yeah, too, much, too many carbs. It's been a learning journey since then, but within, what was it, a year and a half, I'd done middle distance, I skipped Olympic distance altogether, and took it from there, just got the bug, did the age group thing, and I'm now juggling the job, bringing up two daughters, and training, which is a, is a challenge, which we'll, we'll get to. That is, especially when um, your daughters are very active and sporty as well, so you've not just got to fit your training in, but you've got to fit theirs in as well (laughs) exactly so i guess one of the first hints or tips would be the kids were doing swimming and they'd be doing all kinds of after school events Uh, my youngest is big into gymnastics quite a few hours a week in in a squad but slowly slowly we've um there's been a junior triathlon club set up and without too much pressure because I don't want to just force them to follow my hobbies for convenience. Um, But they have gotten into it, and it works very well, because we can 
drop them off for their training and I can then do my training. Excellent. Free childcare. Free childcare, exactly. And some brownie <laughs> points from from my good wife, who um, is happy that I'm taking them to some other activities. And I get a session in two, so... Excellent. Double whammy. Yeah. Triple whammy. Triples Every- all red. Everybody's happy. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I think next we're going to talk about goals for the year. Or maybe races that we've already done, seeing as the first podcast we did was before we had yeah, raced. Races we've done and races we couldn't do but had intended to do. So shall I start? Yeah, go for it. Uh, so what are we in? We're in May now. So I raced at Challenge Saloo in the beginning of April, which was the earliest I've ever raced in the year. So that was the beginning, right at the beginning of April. In Spain, expecting nice sunny weather and it was absolutely freezing so I didn't get a triathlon I got a duathlon which I've never done and it's my first pro race back since 2018 <laughs> we had a nice uh, just sharp 5k to start the day instead of a uh, instead of a 1900 meter swim I think it was about two degrees the lake looks in- the lake the sea looks incredible it was so calm there's no uh, no waves or anything it was beautiful but did not want to get in it so it was a really good day out. It was a, a benchmark for me for the years to work what I, see what I needed to work on. Obviously, didn't get to see where I was at the swim, which is a shame because I've been working quite hard on that. But I was pleased with the run and bike, or bike, run, bike, run. It was a really strong feel that turned out as well because everybody was warming up for the, the World Championships a few weeks later. But did... Did you get to wear socks? I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Every cloud. Yes, that is true. Yeah, I started with trainers on, which was actually quite mm. nice running. And it was a really long transition as well. So I was very happy to run through it with shoes on rather than bare feet and then have bruised feet for the rest of the week. <laughs> and then the week after, I had a Brighton Marathon, which was my first ever standalone marathon. I say standalone marathon. I've only ever done one marathon before, and that was after an Ironman. <laughs> so I didn't really have much to compare that to. That was also back in 2018. And I did three hours and seven minutes. So I was very happy with that. And then going forward, my next race was going to be Hamburg, Ironman Hamburg, which is Europe regional European Championships, professional but a pothole got me a couple of weeks ago on my bike, <laughs> which uh, Will got stuck, flipped me over. Um, it, it could have been a hell of a lot worse. I was in the middle of the road, but luckily no one hit me. Broke my helmet. I've got a sore rib, but everything. A few cuts and bruises, which have all healed relatively quickly, actually. But that's set me back, unfortunately. I had to ease off training a little bit. So we're currently trying to review what my next steps are because I need to be a bit strategic because as I mentioned earlier my pro license ends at the end of June so I need to get it back somehow so how do you what how would you extend it what would be the I basically need to race in a in a race that's got a pro field and finish with a a certain percentage of the time Um, or win outlaw full Outlaw Nottingham full the Ironman, which obviously doesn't mean as much travelling or money, but you have to win. <laughs> it's not uh, if you come closely second. It's quite a lot to weigh up. So this is something all pros have to do annually to show they're still competitive, is it? Yes. So if you 
um, obviously if you're racing regularly then you should be guessing within that percentage time regularly so it's easy to resubmit your times at the end of the year to get your license again for the next year obviously because I didn't race last year because I was getting back into things after having my daughter and obviously the year before covid it's been a while i don't have any races to use so i managed to race so i won outlaw x at the end of last year which got me my pro license back but only for a limited period of time so it gave me enough time to be able to should have been able to revalidate it so yeah we're my coach and i are currently trying to weigh up the best options which which basket to put my eggs in <laughs> so i guess we go back a couple of years before that you started your pro adventure before having children yes i'd only just got going though so 2018 was my first full season and then 2019 i broke my shoulder at the beginning of the year and then had was pregnant with my little girl so i didn't yeah haven't so really got started i'm not gonna say you've chosen but you, you you've got a few challenges there yes with accidents on the bike which can really just disrupt a bit of a a theme (laughs) (laughs) having a child which is great but comes with less sleep it comes with obviously more more things to do and something that i i noticed when i had my two uh young young children was i get ill a lot because they bring yes home that's very true (laughs) and share everything they picked up Yes. in play groups and school yeah it's hard it's hard to tell because i think everybody is getting a lot more ill at the moment than they normally do because of covid and the the isolation we've all been through but yes i think a lot of the illnesses and bugs i've certainly had a lot more sickness bugs than i've ever had before which is they're not pleasant <laughs> and it isn't just when they're they're really young the children so this year i'd also planned to do my first marathon at Brighton. And oh yeah, you're meant to do it with me. I was. It was going to be our first marathon together. My run training, actually, I thought COVID was brilliant because A, I'm working at home mostly. And so 45 minute to an hour commute each way each day is a huge amount of time to get back to fit in more training. And so with COVID as well, and the kids being homeschooled, which was, I'm going to say on balance, awful <laughs> at least yeah. uh, i don't uh, think you were the only parent to think that no <laughs> i was very child dependent so i had one child that was absolutely fine old enough would get on with it in the room and the other child we needed to actually teach it was uh, a big challenge for both of us i think was the uh, long and short of it um but the the positive was though we just didn't get ill for ages yeah we were all of us fit and healthy which meant i had uninterrupted training so from, I guess, the end of the tri season last year, all the way through to about, was it March, I had very consistent training, my running was going well, and I entered a half marathon three, four weeks ahead <laughs> yeah. of Brighton. Unfortunately, I got my youngest daughter, uh, no, my eldest brought home the first flu-like thing, it wasn't COVID, and she was in bed for three days with fever, and I picked that up, I think I got away with it wasn't too bad I only missed a couple of days training and then my youngest daughter brought home something a chest infection which lasted a month oh no and I then picked that up because I was obviously slightly exposed after kind of continuing to train with a mild flu and then I got that so I didn't run the half I actually 
found another one two weeks later, thought, that's okay, I'll be fine in two weeks. <laughs> Entered that, lost the money for that because um, I couldn't do that. And then I was ill right up until the week of Brighton. So I thought there's no point it's so rubbish, doing, it? doing Brighton, trying to get a good time. Uh, so I deferred it for a year. So unfortunately, I'm still, I've still never done a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> One day. I think that brings us on to a very good point, though, in that you are self-coached. And I have a coach that sets me on my training. So when I'm ill, I get told what to do. Whereas when you're ill, you can just see what you're missing and what you think you should be doing rather than actually, am I fully recovered and is now the right time to start training again? quite uh how do you juggle that balance what how do you decide what to do it's really tough i mean when everything's going well i've got into a reasonable routine with my self coaching but as soon as something goes wrong like you're feeling a bit under the weather or you've been ill and you're feeling okay knowing how to ramp back in is really tough and i'd say also if you have a race that doesn't go quite to plan you're not quite sure what to do or what to change. Yes, that's um, a good without point. somebody who knows more than you. <laughs> so there are pros and cons. I mean, the pros of self-coaching is you you can very easily switch things around without checking with anybody based on a how you're feeling and b fitting things in to family life with family life, but also training with other people you can yes, switch things around true. to suit other people's schedule if you want to do a joint session yes whereas i guess when you're being self-coached you're told right it's tuesday you're doing this <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah okay. you quite often get a message saying i'm doing this at the weekend and you go can you not stop the days <laughs> no sorry i have to do this on saturday and this on sunday yeah i mean my i've got hard points as i'm sure you do with kids activities or certain yeah. things that, that can't be changed unfortunately so my my schedule is very much worked around fine-tuned fine-tuned around free time <laughs> i'm not sure what free time exists does it <laughs> well i say free time <laughs> free time is time for triathlon <laughs> yeah my <laughs> husband me. likes to tell me i get plenty of time on my own which i do get plenty of time on my own but i've never sat down on my own having a cup of tea it's training (laughs) never happens i guess the only time i get to really relax and watch a bit of tv is on my rest day in the evening when i do yoga (laughs) i know the yoga routine i do pretty much inside out so i can have that on in the background and i'm able to kind of stare up at the tv oh you actually watch tv actually (laughs) i get some tv in during my yoga session that's quite impressive which I'm sure a, a real yoga teacher would say, ah, oh, you should be focusing on your breathing and clearing your mind. Well, I would but... say it's good mind mindfulness, mindlessness. What, what, which one is it? <laughs> mindlessness. <laughs> yeah. Especially if it's in the evening, switching off. <laughs> so what about that you talked about? Oh, you haven't finished your races. So you have raced. Oh, so you, okay. You missed... So I missed all the running. Yeah. And then I had about five weeks to get my get it together to do the first triathlon of the year which was going to be a sprint try a local sprint try which training went well up until that point and I I did win my age group and was second overall which was all all good but comparing my times to the year before I was slower in every every discipline (laughs) only slightly but it was it wasn't 
I was hoping to be, you know, fitter this year after. But it was later on in the year last year, wasn't it? That's true. Last year it was later on and I'd got a lot of tries under my belt. Also, uh, it was about a month out of my training, the illness period. So I really am, or was building back up. Yeah. Yeah, so you weren't weren't properly rested for it either. Not only had you had some time out of training, but you didn't taper really for it did you no there wasn't really time to (laughs) and it wasn't um training day gotta be careful to call it a and b race but it wasn't it's not my the focus of my season yeah so then two weeks after i did nottingham half uh half distance uh outlaw ironman which was going to be the first test um but really i'm looking to peak for ironman 70.3 nice oh yeah that's um, exciting in a few weeks but I was hoping to see where I was at. And it went really well. The swim was okay. It wasn't brilliant. I had a leaky goggle and oh, hard no. to concentrate. And I could only breathe one side because one eye was full of water. Did you have to dive in as well on, on your own? I did dive in. I was trying to persuade myself I really want to try diving in a race. And oh, well I was done. deciding right up until the last moment. Because <laughs> it was a, a one by one start every six seconds off a jetty. And uh, I decided to go for it practiced in the pool and I could just about keep my goggles from slipping down. I dived in but unfortunately unrelated one of my goggle sides just leaked the whole way around. Oh, that's so annoying. And unfortunately Did you it was not the... stop and do I it? had to stop every five minutes to empty it. Oh that is bad. Then it would slowly fill up again. Do you think uh, it was caught on your cap on your swimming cap? I, I, I think I mean it's stupid I've got two pairs of racing open water goggles. I tested the other one this year. The one I used, <laughs> I hadn't used since last year, which had been sat in a cupboard. Oh dear. And I think it, it was now in the bin. Let's say that. <laughs> Thrown. <laughs> Thrown in the bin. So the swim was okay, but really couldn't focus um, very well. And the side I could breathe wasn't the side with a big row of boys I was trying to follow. Uh, so it, 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 was a, it was an okay swim, but not not near where I think I could. could I'm be. impressed you dived in because when I did Outlaw last year, I ran up, started to dive, and chickened halfway <laughs> in the air, kind of half bombed, half dived, hit the water with a. With, well, it's quite embarrassing, basically. <laughs> I guess not coming from a swimming background, just don't practice diving in. And when we go to the pool to train, we don't dive in it's not the done no. thing and well I did practice as well at the pool but it's very different standing on the edge of yeah. a pool when you've got plenty of time when they then stand at the start of a race and say go yeah it's, <laughs> it is very different something I saw people doing and I get your opinion on this is to have two hats yes I do that oh you do that yeah and does that work unless it's warm so so Themi is talking about putting one hat on put your goggles on and then another hat over the top I normally do that for when it's cold, so it keeps you warmer, because you can overheat pretty quickly if you've got two hats on. But the other reason is to keep your goggles on. I think, uh, I think I probably had two hats on when I did do it, so my I did, my goggles didn't move. That is true. So I try when I tried it in the pool. I put my goggles under my hat, and it seemed to work okay. But I had I'd let my hair grow a bit, and then when I got my race cut which is now a home clippers job since covid i'm never going to go to the hairdresser again husband's the same <laughs> i put my goggles on before the race and the straps just slipped down the back of my head oh so i think I'd, you'd have to have a hat underneath so an under hat yeah goggles on top 
and it'll grip the straps. Yes. Another hat on top. I, th- I, I realised that when I was at Nottingham, but the only spare hat I had was really thick. And the hat they gave you was thick. Oh. And I think it would have just squashed my head <laughs> too much to have two yeah. really thick hats on. Lesson learned for Nice. Lesson learned. Although I probably wouldn't advise two hats in Nice because I imagine it'd be rather warm out there. It will, but it's a sea swim. That's true. So don't know. See what the water temperature is. I'm going to take a selection of hats, some of them very thin, some of them thicker. Practicing we'll, the water on we'll the day swim. before. So the swim was okay. Uh, the bike went really well. So I I got a PB by about a minute and a half. Different course, but it was um, a pretty decent bike. Excellent. Pretty pleased with that. Felt uh, like I was racing it. Despite someone stealing your nutrition. Oh, don't. <laughs> Never before have I heard of anybody nicking someone else's snacks in transition off their bike. Absolutely disgusting. I, I mean, when he said that, I just... <laughs> there's no words for it. Well, why would someone do that to another, like, a fellow competitor? It's just awful. So, to set the scene, first thing in the morning, and it was a very, very early start, it was go to swim start at 10 to 6 a.m. Oh. It was a long, old walk from transition to the start. In fact, the transition was the longest transition zone I've ever seen. It was two rows of bikes and it was, I don't know how long, it was nearly half a mile long. (laughs) So a lot of walking. So you had to be, you know, on site pretty early. Loaded up my bike with a couple of cis bakes, you know, not cheap snacks. Had them in my bento box on top of the frame with the, the wrappers opened Easy to grab, easy to pull out. out. Were they sticking out of your bento box? Sticking out of my bento box. Uh, Obvious. Take me, take me. (laughs) Me thinking all triathletes are good eggs. Came out of the swim, ready for a really fast transition. First time I've ever used rubber bands for my shoes as well. well So I was really going for it. And just spotted as I grabbed my bike, no snacks. They were gone. Someone had yanked them out since I wrapped, since I... No words. No words. I was lucky you spotted it, though. It was lucky I spotted it, and I did have a spare one in my transition bag because we were able to keep a, you know, rucksack. That is a huge transition. relief. So I had to bend under the racking and pull out all my clothes and oh, find no. the snacks and repack it and zip it up. <laughs> so probably lost a minute, but maybe the anger and disbelief fueled me That's to ride true. well. <laughs> Although having said that, I hadn't heard of people doing that before. I think at Challenge Samarin, the Challenge Championships the other week, I saw someone posted, someone did that to them as well there. So it's obviously a a recurring incident. Maybe it's the same person. (laughs) Oh, man. And in fact, Lizzie did a sprint try, was it last weekend? And she said somebody took her gel in transition as well. But I think she posted a picture and the empty gel wrapper was on the next door racking with the number so she even could name and shame this person. Oh, right. So that wasn't very clever oh. of the, uh, <laughs> the person. But I really hope this isn't a, uh, something that's going to start to be an issue in triathlon. Yeah, let us know whether it's happened to you. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to uh, raise raise awareness amongst the, the nice triathletes in the community. Exactly. Although I'd, most triathletes are nice. So it does, it does make me sad that, that people would do that. But anyway, moving on. To finish off the race, ended the bike and I just knew that my legs had had enough. The bike speed was kind of what I would do in a half, but I knew it was going to be a long old half marathon, and it was. Uh, you get a 10-minute grace period where you start the run and it's all fine, but I knew it was oh going dear. to be a slog. 
the the month of training lack of training has caught you up it seems so well this is where not having a coach is is harder because i don't know for sure the reason and i don't know exactly what to do other than just train more yes um, and try not to let it worry me which is what i'm doing don't do a lionel sanders for those that don't know lionel sanders is a um one of the top male long distance professional triathletes and he was self-coached for a long time and when he got something wrong he would throw everything out of the pram <laughs> and uh like do everything differently which actually wasn't necessarily what he needed to do <laughs> yeah okay i better change the plan i've just written now i think from what i've learned is and my experience is consistency is possibly the most important thing and it almost doesn't matter what you're doing. I mean, if, it clearly does if you, as long as you've got a good structure. But as long as you're consistent with it over a long period of time, that's probably the most important thing. Yes, consistency, I'd agree. It's very important. So no falling off your bike. No, I'll try. I'm done for the year now, that's <laughs> it. Got it out of the way. So what else should we talk about? We could talk about how much training we do or we could talk about how about a funny one how many bikes do you have how many bikes do you want (laughs) kind of relevant at the moment that's quite a topical uh question which makes me want to cry a little bit so after my pothole incident the bike wasn't too badly damaged thankfully actually when i walked back to the house I, i rode back so it wasn't too bad i came to the back door covered in blood and my husband looked at me and he said, is the bike okay? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't get a very nice response. <laughs> I mean, that is, to be fair, a typical cyclist's question. A genuine question from a fellow cyclist would be, is your bike all right? It is. You'll heal, but bikes don't heal. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but he's not a cyclist. He is just my loving husband. <laughs> yes, so after I cleaned my the blood off of me and realised that a few things were hurting but it wasn't too bad my the insurance company basically wants to send it off to get it checked out and repaired which is fine until they said it was basically 12 weeks so coming back to your initial question how many bikes do i have i only have one (laughs) and being a triathlete without a bike i mean it doesn't really make me a triathlete does it so i yeah i'm a bit stuck so I'm trying to find another bike to either borrow or hire. It's the same thing, I guess. Well, I guess one's free and one's not, or buy another one. I was looking at upgrading anyway, but it's kind of forcing my hand. So hopefully by the time we talk again, I'll have a bike update. Maybe it can be a segment. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Emma's bike dilemmas. More than one dry bike. With a background in cycling, I guess it's a slightly different story for me. Having come up through mountain biking and done some road cycling, and I, I'm not sure I want to count how many bikes I've got, but it's a few. Although to be fair, my wife made a condition that if I was ever to buy another bike, I'd have to sell two, uh, two? in order to uh, buy a new bike, which 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 did happen. So I have at least gone down by one. Two um, out, one in. It was a two out, one in because obviously the the one that came in was quite expensive yeah that's fair enough you Um, obviously got a lot then if that's the policy policy. (laughs) i've got one fewer now so i'm feeling kind of bereft but (laughs) you've also got your daughters and your wife's bikes as well so we have a garage full and daughters keep growing 
um, and new bikes keep having to be purchased because saddles only go up so far. <laughs> yes, yeah. So I mean, actually, I do. I do like a very kind fellow triathlete has offered to lend me his bike, but I don't think it's quite this kind of spec I was looking for. But I guess beggars can't be choosers, so it looks like I might be on that for. a at least the interim. <laughs> Highs and lows. Should we finish on that one? Oh, goodness. Sorry. Yeah. So anything you, you... Uh, excite? Anything from the last week, month? Um, okay, I can start highlights. with the high. <laughs> um, we've probably covered a lot of the lows. I can start with the high. And this is in by no means an advertising sales pitch. But I've always wanted to have a disc wheel. But even though I have a number of bikes, I've never had a disc wheel. Uh, but couldn't justify, because I've got a good set of racing wheels anyway, I couldn't justify having a disc which would need to be a, a high-spec hub and whatnot as well, otherwise I might as well stick with my race wheels. And I discovered these easy disc, I'm not going to call them a poor person's disc wheel, but they essentially are covers that fit on, like plastic covers that fit on your existing wheel and turn it into an aerodynamic beast clearly it's not it doesn't quite make the sound the same sound as a disc but it it has been tested in the wind tunnel and comes out pretty darn close to the very expensive fancy disc wheels maybe slightly heavier than a, a a pure disc what was it like racing with it it felt really good racing it feels there you certainly notice your bike is more uh, what's the word? It feels more glued to the ground when you're going fast in the wind. Oh, okay. I guess there's a, a, an element of a sail effect, but yeah. you notice it above, say, 25 miles an hour. The bike does feel slightly different. Is it faster? The wind tunnel suggests over a half iron distance bike leg, you may save uh, two minutes based on their wind tunnel testing, which is not to be sniffed at. No, not when it takes you two hours to put on. <laughs> no, but it does have some drawbacks. I've noticed that um, if you go into the first largest gear on your cassette at the back, um, because this thing is really kind of lashed together with the zip ties and, and insulation tape, the chain rubs on the... If you freewheel, you can hear the chain rubbing on the zip ties as the oh, wheel goes round. So I think... That's a nice noise. If you go into first gear up a hill, you shouldn't be freewheeling. So I'm hoping I'm going to get away with that's it. That's true. <laughs> but there you go. That's been a big high for me, getting a disc wheel. Excellent. For, for not very much money. Amazing. That is a good one. Although it sounds like it's not so easy to take on and off. Well, in theory, if you travel abroad to a race and they ban discs because of the weather, it's too windy, you can take all of the uh, insulation tape off, snip a few zip ties. If you, You've got to take your cassette off, but you can have it off in 10 minutes. Okay, um, that's actually quite good, because if I travelled with my disc wheel and they banned disc wheels, I literally wouldn't have another wheel with me. So that is a big plus. The negative would be, when you want to put it back together... Uh, I did have to spend uh, an evening with uh, insulation tape, these stickers and zip ties and getting it all centralised. It's not a five-minute job. It's not one I'd want to do frequently. So I think it's staying on unless I have to take it off. Well, that's fair enough. Um, highs for me, I it's really simple. I'm going to be very British. I'm really enjoying the light mornings and the sunshine. <laughs> And the lack of, I'll say lack of wind, it is really windy today, <laughs> but we have had a period of no wind. 
just makes me so much happier when it's light. I get up early. It's just so nice waking up in the light. It makes it so much easier to get on with your day and walk into the swimming and the birds singing and the blue sky before I disappear inside for however many hours to swim. <laughs> Lights, evenings, it could be light until midnight. I mean, I'd have no idea because I go to bed so early. So <laughs> that doesn't concern me quite as much. Yeah, I'm just like Kai's, I guess, looking forward to racing again I just don't know what that race will be I do I do really like training so kind of getting up in the morning getting stuck in taking off sessions and they all are going considering my ribs still hurts actually going quite well I can only breathe to one side and swimming <laughs> so it's making my right-sided breathing good left-sided breathing breathing is non-existent so hopefully I'll swim in a straight line when it comes to a race <laughs> So should we wrap that up for the week? I think so. Let's wrap it up. I was going to say, I hope my low of later tonight isn't that the recording hasn't worked and we've wasted another (laughs) (laughs) evening recording a podcast that no one's going to hear. So fingers crossed that this works out and we can do another one soon. Fingers crossed. We will try and maybe do them weekly, but our schedules do not match at all at the moment so we're trying to find a slot that works for both of us with training with families without being something else that gets in the way of family time so don't time. be surprised if this turns into an annual podcast <laughs> we'll, we'll try and do it more frequently hold this space and um, if this does make it out and the recording does work please do send us suggestions suggestions to talk and ideas about what you'd like us to talk about or randomly chat about. Yeah. Great. Speak to you soon. Speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.